Man, I want to welcome you to the Quiet Life Podcast. We do this every Wednesday here with the Pursuit of Manliness. Before I get into today's conversation, uh, we're going to be in Luke 19 if you want to go ahead and get there. Uh, I do want to remind you, today is uh, Tuesday, December 6th when I'm recording this. More than likely, you will hear this on Wednesday, December 7th or some days following that. We have a limited number of Pursuit of Manliness gearboxes available for Christmas this year. Uh, made the push, what was that, 1st of November, and they went out like barnstormers, I'm telling you, and I thought, uh-oh, we don't have enough. Uh, but we have a, a limited number here, and so uh, they're $50. You get a bag of Armor Nation Christmas Blend Coffee. You get a bottle of St. Nick Blend uh, Beard Oil from Dark Water Wood. You get a, a Quiet Life uh, stocking cap. Uh, an ugly sweater, uh, PVC patch uh, with the beard on it. It says 2022 on it and, and, and other things. So I, I want to make sure you know about that. Uh, maybe you don't want all the things. Maybe you just want one or two of the things. I've had people ask about that. I ordered from the, the vendors uh, a certain number. So yes, they're, they're all together. All the stuff's all together. So maybe you only want one or two or three things in there. You know, you could give those things. Just open the box up, give them away, whatever. That's, that's totally your call. Or you know, we've been married, my wife and I have been married for 21, going on 22 years now. And she went shopping, I don't know, Black Friday or some one of those days or something. Came back with, with some things and said, uh, this is what you got me for Christmas. That's a good deal. I told her the other day that I had purchased something. She said, can that be for Christmas? That's where we're at now. We don't need, you know, big elaborate, uh, big red bows on stuff. And so maybe maybe you're in that place too. You say you tell your wife, hey, this is what I want. I will say this. There have been wives buying pursuit of manliness uh, stuff. And uh, I, I know that because I recognize the last names and I recognize uh, the address. So some of you guys are getting some gear if you haven't got it already. But nevertheless, I want you to know about that. I really don't like promoting stuff, and I think some of you guys know that. But if I don't do it, uh, there will be guys that would say, I had no idea. I, I, I didn't know. You know. So now you know. Uh, we're in Luke 19 today uh, talking uh, about this idea of quiet life. And, and here's, here's the reality. You, you can't live a quiet life if it does not start in your home. That does not mean your home is quiet. There are days that my home is anything but quiet. Life happens, you know, sometimes you're just off. Sometimes you're really busy. Uh, sometimes you f- you have fallen behind on things. You said, hey, I was going to get that done. I didn't get it done. I can't believe that. <clears throat> sometimes weather happens. Sometimes it's, you know, just stuff, you know, stuff happens, right? But it's got to start at your home. It has to start at your address. And I don't know your relationship status. I don't know your season of life. I don't know, you know, if you got people living at home with you or not. I, I don't know that, but I know it has to get to your house. <clears throat> I know it has to get to your house. I, I know for me, I spend a lot of time when I am driving by myself. And when I'm driving by myself, I'm a pretty quiet guy, right? Like I got, you know, just windshield time, you and your thoughts. I almost feel like when you're doing windshield time, and it's just you and your thoughts, you're almost a different person to a degree than when you are around other people. I, I don't know what that is. I haven't really dove into that too much. That's just my two cents, and maybe someone smarter than me has better insight to that than I do. But you consider things, right? You consider 
maybe again, something you got to work on, something you're, you're working towards, maybe something from your past. You know, I, I don't know, but it has to get to our house. The question I want to ask today as we look at this idea of living a quiet life has is this, has salvation made it to your home? You say, yeah, Jared, I'm, I'm saved. I made the decision, raised my hand, got baptized, got the t-shirt, filled out the card, went through the new member class. I'm in, right? Yeah, I, I would. to that I would say, have you ever seen anyone walk away from their faith? Have you ever seen anyone denounce their faith? They were, they were pretty sound, solid, volunteering, leading. I will say this, uh, through my time, I've worked with a lot of different people, a lot of different people, uh, on church staffs in particular. And I know of a couple that what they said and what they did, no, not the same. That, that you know, Essentially walking away from the gospel. So the question is, has salvation made it to your home? And is it, is it going to stay there? Now, if you got people living in your house, it gets a little bit more complicated because we can't force on them to a surrendered life to Jesus, but we can try to lead them there. I've swayed my kids to support certain colleges and sports teams, right? Like you, we can do that. We'll, we'll throw them in the colors from you know day one. But uh, well, they got to make that. That's that's a different. You know, well, is it? We need, to, we need to lead them in that. So the question is, has salvation made it to your house? And you say, well, no, not really. Then what would it take to get there? Because for some people, maybe you're like me. When it, I've never seen this before. I don't know. Maybe it's just where I live now. I don't know if it's normal where you're at. But when there's a storm, all these guys in their trucks and cars with these like foldable ladders start swarming our neighborhood like, like a hornet's nest has been poked. And they come up to your your door, and they got a clipboard, and they got a laminated badge, and they got a lanyard, and all this stuff, and and they're you know really nice, and they want to give an assessment on your roof, and I say no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Does my house need a new roof? I don't know, maybe I'm not, I don't think so. I think we got some time left, but I know right now, I didn't ask you to come here. I didn't ask them to show up to my house. I don't like it them showing up to my house. The neighborhood has signs that says no soliciting. To me, that feels like soliciting. I have a sign on my door, no soliciting. If I want you, I'll call you. Guys will come around. We spray for bugs. Your neighbor's up the street. They're doing it. You don't want to do it? No, they can have my bugs. I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not doing it. And if I haven't called you, I I don't want it. That's how some people treat the gospel. I'll let you know when I need you. Here's the deal. If in the middle of the night, it starts just downpour. Right, just whatever. And let's say my, my roof was bad or I do have a onslaught of bugs or something. Could I ring those guys up at two, three in the morning, but hey, 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 you you were at my house six weeks ago. You said you give us a roof estimate. You you still good on that? No. That ship has sailed. That's over. Now, if you want to phone them up in the morning and get on their calendar at some point, sure. That's how we treat the gospel. That's how we treat the things of Jesus. I'll let you know when I need you. That may not be the best idea for a roof. It is definitely not the best idea when it comes to your soul and when it comes to your house. Luke 19, verse 1, he entered Jericho, talking about Jesus and passing through. Behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him. He was about to pass that way. Interesting story here. We've taught this story to our kids. I've taught this story to other children through the years. It's a great story because kids are typically short. 
so they understand the idea of being shorter than a whole bunch of other people. Here's a guy, had a great job, made a ton of money, and uh, was short. So we'll break it down here. Uh, his name, Zacchaeus' name in the Hebrew is Zakak, Z-A-K-A-K, which means bright, clean, pure, and innocent. <laughs> Zacchaeus is anything but pure and innocent. He's a chief tax collector, which means he had a bunch of people that were working for him. And so one of the main trade routes came down the western side of the Jordan River through Jericho to Bethany and Jerusalem. So here, here you got these main trade route people coming through. They're trying to sell their goods or people coming up out of the water or whatever they're at. They, they, they're bringing stuff by. And you'd say, hey, how much you got there? I have 10 of this. And they say, we will tax you for 16. That doesn't seem fair. It doesn't matter. So what would happen is, let's say, I'm just throwing out numbers here. Let's say they, you had 10, they taxed you for 16. So the Roman government would get their 10. The chief tax collector would get probably, I don't know, four. And the tax guy collecting would get two. So everybody had their hand in the pot here, basically. So he's rich. By world standards, he has everything. But he is a bankrupt sinner. He can't take any of it with him. Uh, and, and again, we don't go by the world standards. We go by God's standards. All of his riches, all the things he had accrued, couldn't purchase him eternal life. He's not liked by other people. There's people who are liked by a lot of people, and they still don't know Jesus. They're still destined to go to hell. Everybody loves them. They're the life of the party. They were, you know, homecoming king. They are, uh, you know, they were in charge of whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's small in stature, which basically means he's short, okay? He's small in stature physically, and he's also small in stature spiritually. Now, in the Mediterranean world back then, small in stature would have been probably under five feet. So most of the men that listen to this go, shoo, not me, okay? Um, I'm 5'8". I've had people, especially if they meet me in person, ah, oh, I thought you were taller. I'm sorry. I thought you were better looking. I don't know what to tell you. Well, I, I mean, who cares? But I'll be honest with you, guys care. Guys care about height. Some of the tallest people I know, and I shouldn't say tallest people I know, some of the taller people I know are always talking about height. It's so weird. We had this with Tribe. We guys meet up and they face to face. I thought you were taller. I thought you were. They, they say, oh man, I thought so-and-so was taller. I, I don't know what it is. These are grown men. These are grown men who have wives and kids and not wives, plural, but they have stuff. I, I don't know what women use to compare themselves. I don't know if it's their hair. I don't know if it's their job. I don't know. Their kids. I don't know. But for guys, one of the things is height. So here's a guy. He's, he's two out of three, right? Pretty successful. He's rich, he's got a great business, whatever, whatever. You know, he's got those things going for him. Great job, making a ton of money. There's two. What he's missing on, he's short. God has this divine way of making us feel a little bit incomplete apart from him, doesn't he? So Zacchaeus, to find Jesus, he ran. Verse 4, he ran ahead and climbed up in a tree. This is a big deal. Some of you guys run because you want to exercise. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe you need the nine ancestral tenets or something. I don't know what it is, but guys running to exercise and you look miserable doing it. And, uh, you know, people do turkey trots and all that stuff. Like, God bless you. But they didn't run. It was very unusual to see a grown man who was running, much less a wealthy government official. If you pulled up to work today and your boss was running in the parking lot, you might circle the block one more time just to kind of give him some, like, what is going on? Is everything okay? Is this place going to blow up? You know, here's a small guy, 
basically exhibiting the faith of a child that Jesus talked about in Luke 18, a chapter earlier. He's basically modeling it. He's running like a kid, climbing up in a tree. Here we are in the month of December. That's essentially the Christmas story. God becomes a man. The redemption story is a man becomes a child in faith only, guys. Not how you live, not how you act, not how you talk, not how you dress, but in your zeal for the Lord. You ever given a gift to a kid and said, here you go. Here you go, Bobby. Got you this for Christmas. And Bobby says, oh, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. <laughs> I haven't been that good this year. Or I didn't get you anything. Or as a kid ever say, you know, compared to what I made in my art class, it, and then, you know, comparing that to what you purchased on Amazon, oh, I'm so embarrassed I didn't make you something. No, they never say, they like just rip it open. They're knuckled deep in the paper before you even say their whole name. That's what God says. I want you to be knuckled deep in this. I want you to dive into this. Just all, get it all, okay? Faith like a child. Andrew McLaren says, I just wish there were more of us who didn't mind being laughed at when it comes to helping us see Jesus. I agree. Too many guys are concerned what people think about him. Like men who are worried about how tall they are, how they measure up with other guys. Who cares? Zacchaeus was willing to do what needed to be done to get his eyes at least on Jesus. Little did Zacchaeus know uh, Jesus was fixing to get his eyes on Zacchaeus. I've used the phrase many times, blend in without fitting in. That's what I want to do. I don't want, ever want to be the guy that you say, what was he wearing? Or, man, did you hear what they were talking about at their table? Or, I, I don't want to do that. I want to get in. I want to get out. The gospel has a way of saying, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Because light will never apologize to darkness. Light never kind of removes the darkness. Light is light. And you realize if you got the light of Jesus in you and you are around darkness or in places that are dark, you will stand out and not even realize it. That, 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 that's just the way it is. You'll stand out and not even realize why you are standing out. Sorry, coffee break time. So Jesus calls him by name, Zacchaeus. When Jesus came to the place, this is uh, verse 5, and looked up, he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. That was 5 and 6. So next to my Bible, I don't know if you write words in yours, but I do. I write all kinds of things in here. In verse 5, I wrote grace. Jesus showing him grace. In verse 6, I wrote faith. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down immediately. It's like a parent. You ever told your kid, get out of the tree? All the time. Get out. Get down. Okay. You ever tried to get out of a tree quickly? There is no casual way to get out of a tree quickly. Now, remember, they're not wearing clothing like us. They're not wearing real tree camo gear and a harness. Getting up. They, they, you see what they wear over there? You try to climb it up and down a tree in that thing? I had a friend a number of years ago who was putting a deer stand up, um, didn't have a harness up, fell out of the tree. Got like a year plus off of work because he didn't have a leg. It shattered. It was a whole thing. Mean, you can't get out of a tree quickly. And so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they grumbled. And he's gone to, the, to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Praise God that Jesus comes to the home of people who are sinners or he would never get to my house. That's me. I can't believe he's going to the house of a man who's a sinner. There's people, when you come to Christ, who say, you think you're better than us? You think you're better than... No, I'm just different now. 
The old is gone. I don't mean sitting on the sideline. I mean gone, buried, stay away from the cemetery. It's over. The new has come. People are like, no, no, that's, that's unacceptable. doesn't matter. That's how the gospel works. It may not work for you that way because you want to be bitter or hold on to something or live your life in an angry whatever fashion. Uh, that is exactly how the gospel works for everyone, even people you have a hard time with. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold the Lord, half my goods I give to the poor. I have, if I have defrauded anyone anything, I restore it fourfold. You notice people in that circle going, All right, pay up. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I used to think that Zacchaeus stood up in his house and said, Okay, I need everyone's attention. Here's what we're going to do. I don't think he did. The more I consider this, and I'm not, if you, if you disagree, that's okay. I think he got up from climbing out of the tree. I'm not as bouncy as I used to be. I think he got out of the tree, crowd of people around him, maybe a few that like to knock him while he's down. I think he stands up from getting out of the tree and says, here's the deal. If I've defrauded anyone and everyone said, amen, they're all like, yeah, all of us, your, your cronies have all defrauded us, right? Somehow, and maybe it's his position, I don't know, because it, it can't be arrogance because he does demonstrate humility almost immediately. Zacchaeus is able to ignore the opinions of other people just to get to Jesus. I have to believe there's some guys listening to this. You're still too concerned about the opinions of other people. You're still too concerned about the people that you're going to see at Christmas dinner, or on Christmas Eve service, or the relative. Or You're still too concerned about it. It's, it still matters too much to you. Nothing will ever change in your house until salvation has come to your house. I got five people in my house. At this point, all five have theoretically checked the box of salvation. Everything I would encourage you to do or a way to live, or I'd say, yep, 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 they've done it all. We're doing it all. That's what we're doing. I want to go back to that. I've seen people walk away from their faith. I've seen people, pastoral people, walk away from their faith or, try, or start to wane on or whatever. Our job is never done. What a privilege it is to try to help people get to heaven. But don't be so consumed with yourself, I'm working on me, new year, new me, new goals, new me, 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 that you stop pouring into the lives of other people. This is one of the reasons why I think our next generation, some of them are nailing it and others are just completely confused and lost and just wandering around in a miry muck of life. We have too many guys working on me, my best me, the new me. What's my personality type? What's my Enneagram number? When I'm happy, I do this. When I'm sad, I do this. How about you just do it? <laughs> you imagine some of the heroes of old telling you what their Enneagram number is? Well, I'm a seven. What does that mean? It means get to work. I'm a three. It means don't be a jerk. I took a personality test, and here's what it says. It says we don't like you, okay? So if you be nice, that would help. Like, could you imagine? I, we are so focused on ourselves that we exert nearly zero energy on other people. We're so focused on ourselves, so focused on working on me and me and me. And, you know, come on, man. Maybe that was your goal this year. Pour into other people. Disciple other people. Lead a small group for other people. Don't look to join a men's group. Start a men's group. Just, just 
Just do it. Just do something, right? Jesus' salvation has come to this house. The question is, has salvation come to your home? And if it is, what does that look like? Every house has a feel. Every house has a smell. You know that? We were gone for a number of days recently, and we walked in. One of my kids said, uh, this is what our house smells like when, when people come over to visit. I was like, you're right, because I'm a big, big, that's a thing to me, like what people's houses smell like, what they feel like, like it matters. You've walked in some houses that you go, uh-uh, nope, and you've walked in houses where you went, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel at home here. Has salvation come to your house, and is it staying there? Or did you run it off? So I don't need you, I'll call you when I need you. Or do you treat it like, yeah, special occasions, we'll do some things. Like for us on Christmas Eve, we get Chinese food. It's a big deal. We order way too much. And, you know, that's just what we do. Like, I look forward to that. We have certain foods on certain days. Like, maybe that's what, maybe that's what salvation is for you. It's only on certain days. In a moment's notice, because Zacchaeus was willing to humble himself enough to shimmy up a tree and then to fall out of one, a vile, sinful, wicked tax collector becomes a child of God. It all happened because he was willing to see Jesus. He's willing to do what needed to be done to see Jesus. And that's available to you. He's not saying everyone in your house is saved, Zacchaeus. What he's saying is you have met salvation because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is salvation. You, know, you see that graphic every once in a while and people post it in pursuit of manliness group and stuff. And it, it's just, I'm going to sum it up for you. If a guy will get it, more than likely the rest of the people in this house get it when it comes to salvation. And I mean, not just like, ah, there's a lot of guys with knowledge. I'm talking about a heart change. I'm talking about loving your wife well. I'm talking about you two loving each other even when you're unlovable or loving your kids even when it's not easy or you feel like you're getting put on the shelf or whatever. I'm talking about doing the things that no one will do because they need to be done spiritually. What a privilege it is to talk to people about Jesus. If you can't talk to people that live in your home about Jesus or people that you know know Jesus, because guys can talk about anything anything who could you possibly talk to only when jesus is our lord and our savior in our lives can we experience an abundant blessing on our homes could that not be the greatest thing you could possibly give your house does jesus live at your house has salvation come to your house and if he has you'll know his presence and blessing if you respond to him in faith say so jesus I want you as my Lord and Savior. You say, well, maybe I did that, but it's been a little rough lately. Ask him to kindle that fire in your life that you don't care what people think of you, including the people in your house, because you're willing to do what needs to be done to get to him and help other people get to him. Amen. Think about that. Read Luke chapter 19 and the verses following. I'll talk to you in a bit.